this morning. Aren't you glad he's alive and he's not dead? Amen. Thank you, sweetheart. She is my wife, by the way, Twyla. My last name is Stockman, too, so I can call her sweetheart. No, no, you didn't. You just said Greta. Uh, somebody. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. It happens to the best of us, Twyla. It's all right. It's all right. Good. <laughs> well, it's a delight again to be with you this morning. Uh, and I am, uh, as I said last week, I'm just filled with uh, uh, the Lord this morning. I worshiped Him this morning in, in spirit and truth. And so I, I have something I want to share with you this morning. Uh, we're coming here today to talk to you a little bit about what is the priority of the church. Now, we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 5. 
Uh, and a lot of folks ask, you know, wonder or ask me oftentimes, what is the priority of the church? Well, you hear us preaching about a lot of different things, how important they are. Uh, but I think through this priority, everything else flows as it ought to uh, for the believer and for the church. In other words, we're, we're able to accomplish precisely, in my view, exactly what God has called us to do in the world in which we live. So, what is the church's highest priority? Is it to witness, to teach, to disciple, to worship, to proclaim, to fellowship? Some folks think it's most about that. But what is the church's highest priority? Well, I believe Scripture details that for us. We find both in the Old Testament, Deuteronomy chapter 6, and Jesus repeating this in Mark chapter 12 and other passages, but particularly in Mark chapter 12, Jesus was asked by a Pharisee, he said, uh, what is, Rabbi, what is the most important command? And Jesus said, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. He didn't leave anything out. And then he said the second one is like it, to love others as yourself. And we see this both in Deuteronomy, uh, that was addressed by Yahweh, by God, by Jehovah God in Deuteronomy, the same thing. And Jesus just reiterates that in the New Testament. See, that's a common thread we see throughout Scripture. And, and he says, so you're to love your, the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And, and let me add another important priority that I think flows out of that priority. And that is the Great Commission. You know, you knew I wasn't going to get a through, through a sermon without talking about this somehow or the other. And the, the, the command that we have in the commission is to go and, and uh, make disciples and baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son, the Holy Spirit, and listen to this, and teach them everything I have commanded you. Oh, and by the way, don't worry, I'm going to be with you wherever you go. So the priority of the, of the church, I think the corporate priority, ought to be uh, the, 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 the commands that we see in these verses. Now, one of the reasons, I believe, however, that we have done such a poor job of doing the commission, oh, listen, is because we haven't fully grasped, as I want to put this uh, very carefully, fully grasped and understood what it means to love God with our total being. We talk about the love of God a lot. But do we truly understand it? You see, to me, intimacy with God changes us. It changes, it has the potential of changing the church because if we are having intimacy with God on a regular basis, it's going to change you and you're a part of the church and the church will change as well. It ought to. The, 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 the compassion, the priority uh, should come out because of our intimacy with Him. Our intimacy with Him helps us um, to understand in the truest sense 
what we were made to do, I believe. In fact, when one experiences his awesome presence in their lives, cannot help but express it in some way or the other. I love what uh, Alvin Reed said in his book, uh, talking about praise and worship. He said, worship is to meet God and leave changed. Do you realize that we can do that every day? You hear what I'm saying? Every day, every day we have the opportunity to meet God, the one who saved our souls, the one who created all that we know, and we can leave changed every day. Our priority then must flow out of that. And in fact, uh, the, the, this, this priority, this time that we spend with him, this learning what it means to love him with our total being, uh, and, and, and expressing that, we call that praise. That's our highest priority is praise and worship. How is it manifest itself? Well, it manifests itself in a lot of different ways. But we've not really, I don't think totally, or if we have, we've forgotten what we've grasped before. And, and I think that our services and our, our churches and our lives and our homes and our communities all couldn't help but be affected if we have the priority of the church in mind and that is praise on a regular basis. What do you mean, preacher? Do I need to go around all, all the time praising the Lord? Well, if that's what uh, he calls you to do, absolutely. How do you praise him? You praise him in all sorts of ways. You praise him corporately on when you gather like we're here this morning. You can praise him that way. You can praise him in the morning when you do your quiet time and you come out. I, I can tell you many times I've come out of my quiet time and went and found her and we had our prayer time together and oh what a sweet time it is and it affects my day and every conversation that I have every decision I make everywhere I go if I've spent the requisite time in praise the priority in my life then everything else he's commanded me to do is easy to do because I'm doing it out of a sense of joy and a sense that I've been changed and a sense of calling and gratitude. So, so our highest priority is praise. Now, I, I read someone who said this and, and who was dealing, or at least in his book, dealing with how we've missed this. And he says this about our praise time. He said, even at our sincere best, sometimes our corporate praise may be a combination of imitating bad examples clinging to lifeless traditions, following a meaningless group mentality, stirring up a fleshly response, or stifling genuine heartfelt expressions of love. He goes on to say that the Scripture, there are scriptural ways to prepare for praise, to carry it out, and to show our appreciation and thanksgiving to our Heavenly Father. Wow, wow. So today, today I want us to examine what we do, how we do it, 
the praise? How do we prepare for it? How do we carry it out? Or is there thanksgiving on our hearts? If you'll turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5, uh, just so happens it deals with this passage. Paul deals with it a little bit here. He's given the instructions in Ephesians chapter 5, one of my favorite books in all the Bible. You hear me say that every time, just wherever I'm preaching. That's my favorite book. And Ephesians, particularly Ephesians chapter 5, Paul was addressing the church at Ephesus amidst a very secular culture filled with cults and all kinds of problems and difficulties had their influence upon the church there in some ways and he's giving them instructions he's telling them earlier in the chapter five uh, what the church is supposed to be and what it's supposed to do and now he's talking about what its highest priority is he says there if we'll begin in verse 15 he says pay careful attention then now that's a transition phrase he said i've given you all these instructions now i want you to listen to me pay attention then to how you walk, not as unwise people, but as wise. Oh my goodness, that's a whole message right there. He says in verse 16, making the most of the time because the days are evil. That's a, the idea is to redeem the time. In other words, don't waste our time. Take back what the devil is trying to take from us. And if we uh, fail to carry out the priority of our lives, the priority of the church, what he's commanded us to do, that time will be filled up with something. And the enemy's just waiting to steal what is ours in Jesus. And we must not let him do that. He goes on in verse 17, so don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. What a tall order. But you cannot know that unless you spend time with him. Now, here's our verses. Verse 18. And don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless actions, but be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making music from your heart to the Lord. Give giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in fear of Christ. Would you join me in prayer? Father, we pray this morning that you'll infiltrate our place here. Lord, I pray that you would so uh, be so real to us here today. I know you're already here, Lord. I, I know that because your people are here. But Lord, help us to sense and know that presence in such a way, Lord, that we forget all that we came in this building with. But we focus in on you, Lord. And we give all that we have to you. We surrender our hearts and lives and minds to you right here and right now, Lord. Oh, God, would you speak to us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's look at here the preparation for praise. Do you ever think about that? How did you prepare to come this morning? Get out of bed, have your coffee eat some breakfast, you know, get in the shower, clean up, look in the mirror and get your prettiest and all that kind of... Is that how you prepare to come today? I'm glad most of you did. All of you did, okay. I, 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 that's what I did. But <laughs> that's not what I'm talking about. How do you prepare to come to the house of the Lord? I, I, I've told you before how I prepare. 
I get up, I clean up, I go and do my prayer time with my email buddies, and then I get into the Word and on my knees, and I, I lift up the name of Jesus. I get ready for the day, and folks, by 8 o'clock, I'm so full, I can't hardly stand it, and I want to bust, and, and I, I get ready to come to the house of the Lord so that I may experience with my brothers and sisters what He has intended for me that day. We must be prepared. So, can you really actually prepare for praise? Or do just most of us just come to the sanctuary and wait and see what happens next? That's my fear. Many who just come, well, you know, I'm supposed to do that, so that's, that's where I am. Yeah, or, or your husband or wife or mom or dad say, come on, let's go, it's time to go, let's go, we'll go to church. Oh, yeah, yeah. Folks, this is critical. This is not something to laugh at. This is something that we must do. To turn around the culture in which we live in. It's going to take the church of the living God. Carrying out the priority of God. To lift up the name of God. And when we do that, we all, everything else flows from that. Our energy flows from that. Our power flows from that. Our, our ability to carry out the commands of God flows from our presence with Him. And when we gather corporately together, this is a time for refueling and refreshing so that I may carry out the job of the church out there every other day. You all realize that's what you get to do every Sunday? And every Wednesday, every time you gather, you get to come together as brothers and sisters in Christ to lift up the name of God, to experience Him. We must be prepared. There must be a mental preparation. You remember the command that Jesus said? He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and... One more time. Heart, soul, and... Mind. Okay. And strength. So there can actually be a mental preparation before you come to the house of the Lord. What he says there, Paul says in this context, he was talking to Christians. And and he says there in verse 18, he says, and don't get drunk with wine. Now, why why would Paul say don't get drunk with wine? Well, what what, uh, he was writing to a church in Ephesus, and many of the cults there in Ephesus would use alcohol to, as they say, enhance their worship. And, you know, alcohol is not a stimulant. It's a depressant. Uh, and in no way at all will it help or assist in any kind of worship other than the enemy of God. And that is named Satan himself. And what Paul was saying there, not only with this, because that was a relevant issue then for them. In other words, there was a lot of cults right around them. Some of the Gentile believers in the church had come out of some of these cults. God had saved them from that. And he wanted to make sure they understood that that was not a distraction for them. Listen, we could replace alcohol with any other thing that would distract us. Listen, when we come to worship him, if we bring anything else in our heart and mind that would distract us, we're not going to experience all that he wants. Paul said, be filled with not alcohol or distractions or anything else, but be filled with the Spirit of God. So that starts right here in our minds. So what are you thinking about right now? Wish Terry would hurry up. What are you thinking about right now? Are you thinking about what you're going to have for lunch? 
Are you thinking about the problems that you have? Are you going to do what you're going to do next week on the job? Or what are you going to do this afternoon? Is that what's in your mind? I'm saying to you, please, I'm begging with you right now. Turn to the Lord, even right where you are right now and say, Lord, cleanse my heart and my mind. Let me focus in on you so that I may hear from you. That I may be involved in the priority of the church. So I may praise you and worship you as I should. So that I may experience and carry out and do what you've called me to do. And it starts in our minds. I love what this, another scholar I found this week said about this. He says, Christians, listen, Christians must allow themselves to be the place where the presence and the power of God are evident. Did you hear that? The only way we're going to be able to do that is if we've carried out the priority. And I believe corporately. This is why we need each other. We need to come together as Hebrews ten twenty five tells us. We need to come together. We need not forsake this opportunity you have on a regular basis. On a weekly basis. We must come before Him prepared and ready. And, and if you'll come before Him prepared and ready, it won't be alcohol or it won't be anything else controlling you, but rather it'll be the Spirit controlling you. And when the Spirit controls, oh my goodness, He gives, it leads us to experience another kind of, uh, of freedom and joy. I, I, I talk about joy a lot. I know you've heard me say things about joy. And I know that uh, uh, we, we have, sometimes we just replace genuine joy with some synthetic fleshly kind of experience. Listen, I, I am convinced that if we'll come before Him, allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us, who called us and saved us and lead us into worship, we will experience a joy that is unspeakable, unfathomable. You can't get your arms around it. There's a passage that Paul uses and it slips my mind at the moment, but he talks about an inexpressible joy. And if you look those words up in the Greek, they, they have, there's the, the, the words, we don't have words in the English language to translate the full meaning of what it means in the Greek when he says inexpressible joy. I think Peter talks about an inexpressible joy. I like joyful people. Don't you? I like being around joyful people. There's enough uh, grumblers in the world. We don't need any more grumblers. We need joyful people. And those of us who know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior have the source of inexpressible joy inside of them. Let's start living it. Let's start expressing it. Oh, my goodness. See, people in church. Come on, preacher, hurry up. Hurry up. Oh, my goodness, you, you're shortchanging yourself. So we must be mentally uh, prepared. Uh, and, and when we do, I think we can be, we'll be spiritually prepared. You see, the same God who called us, at the, called the church, which is in the Greek is the ecclesia, that's the called out people, 
The same God who called us out, set us apart, saved our soul, is the same Spirit that calls us to praise Him. In fact, I wrote this down, and I think if we're gonna, if we're spiritually prepared, then one of the things we need to do next week, when you come into this place, I dare you to do it. I believe it'll throw everybody off. I hope it does. And the one who's leading in worship, it'll blow their minds. If you'll come into this place saying this, Lord, fill me and be my God. Let me adore and worship you today in this place. I dare you to do that. I'm going to be at Oak Grove next week. When I walk into that sanctuary, I'm going to walk in with that prayer on my lips. How about you? When you have mentally prepared yourself, cleared out of those things, and not allowed anything to distract you, and you allow the Spirit of God to spiritually prepare you when you walk into this place, you can't hardly stand it. I believe if we're doing this correctly, we'll just sort of levitate in here. I'm serious about this. Mm. One guy put it like this. He said, As believers, we have no right to worship Him in the flesh. For to do so is to rebel against God. Look, my fleshly, fleshly best is nothing compared to what the Spirit can do for me. Even in my weakness for me to worship. The second thing we're, uh, we see in this passage is that we're exhorted to praise. Verses 19 through 21 puts it real clearly. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. One person asked me one time, Preacher, does that mean that we, our conversation ought to go up to somebody and say, Shout to the Lord all the earth, let us sing. And I said, well, if the Lord leads you to do so, why not? He says, sing, uh, speak to one another and sing. What he's talking about is the expressions of worship. When we do it corporately, we encourage one another. When we sing, I've seen people there, we're singing song there. You don't have to be able to sing the best in the world, but you can worship from your heart. And whatever comes out is all right in him. It's a pleasing aroma to the Father. But if it's real, now if it's fleshly, don't do it. Keep your mouth shut. But when we corporately together sing together. Listen, I've been in audiences where there are are, are 20 or 20,000. And when we sing from the heart, when we worship from the heart, there's nothing better. I was in a a, a setting where there were 10,000 people. And we were all singing what a great uh, shout to the Lord or something like that. I forget that song we were singing. It was a great hymn we were singing. And, and And the musicians stopped. And the voices were lifting up. And oh my goodness, I felt like I was in glory. Because the Bible says in heaven we're going to shout and praise Him all the time anyway. Oh my goodness. So he says, he says that we're, to, uh, we're exhorted to 
affirm Him. And, and, and we affirm Him by singing in Psalms, the Psalter, if you will, the, the, the Word of God. If you'll allow me just to real quickly, in Psalm 95, this is what I'm talking about. Uh, and it, it'll help you understand what He's trying to say, what He's trying to communicate to us. Look what He says, singing to each other like this. In Psalm 95, He says, Come, let us shout joyfully to the Lord, shout triumphantly to the rock of our salvation. Let us enter His presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout triumphantly to the Lord for the Lord is great is a great God he uh, the great God a great king above all gods he, he, the depths of the earth are in his hands and the mountain peaks are his the sea is his he made it his hands formed the dry land come let us worship and bow down let us kneel before the Lord our maker for he is our God and we are his people and his pasture the sheep under his care Wow. Amen. Hallelujah. He's giving us an example. He's saying, sing to one another, speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. So he gives us sort of a blended service here. We have all kinds. We have the high priestly kind of things we find in psalm. We have the hymns, the gospel, the southern gospel. It really doesn't matter the genre of music you sing. It matters the content of what it is that you sing. You can sing high church. You can sing southern gospel. You can sing bluegrass gospel. You can sing contemporary. You can sing praise as long as you're doing it out of a heart that is overflowing with an inexpressible joy. Do it. Whatever you do, do with excellence. I didn't say perfection. I said excellence. And God will accept that as a, 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 a sweet aroma. Do a blended kind of thing. Then there we are exhorted to adore. Back in Psalm 63. I, I know I'm jumping around here on you a little bit here, but that's all right. Just hang in there with me. Psalm 63. Verses 1 through 4. Listen to what he says there. God, you are my God. I eagerly seek you. I thirst for you. My body faints for you in a land that is dry and desolate and without water. This is David, by the way, when he was running from Saul. He was out in the wilderness and he longed for the presence of God. He went on to say in verse 2, So I gaze on you in the sanctuary. I see your strength and your glory. My lips will glorify you because of your faithful love is better than life. So I will praise you as long as I live. At your name, I will lift up my hands. You satisfy me uh, as with rich food. My mouth will praise you with joyful lips. We are to adore Him. We're to affirm each other in Him. We're to adore Him on a regular basis. Adore the Lord God, our Savior and our Lord. And He goes on, He says, and, and, uh, uh, and spiritual songs, singing and making music. That making music in the Greek, it, it literally means plucking the strings of a guitar or harp or something like that. And what Paul is saying, let, let the heart strings be plucked by the power and the joy of the Holy Spirit and sing with that. So when, when our worship is, it's heartfelt, genuine kind of worship that we give to the Lord to adore Him. And then as we praise, there's a third thing we're to do. And that is to express our thanksgiving. Look what he says in verse 20. All, giving thanks always. Okay. What does always mean? All the time. All the time. 
always, and then he goes on to say, for everything. What has he left out? Romans 8, 28 tells us all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and called according to his purposes. So in other words, the difficult things that happen in my life, the good things that happen in my life, all of them can work toward our good if we'll let it work for our good. But if we concentrate on our problems, uh, we, we can form a grumbling spirit. And let me tell you, folks, a grumbling spirit is not compatible with true worship. It's not compatible with what the Scripture tells us to do. He says to give thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now listen, folks, this came home to me this week. Friday, I, I uh, heard uh, a, bit of mu- a bit, bit of news that made me angry. I didn't like it. It had to do with me and my and, and some circumstances that I, I'm dealing with right now. It just made me angry, and I, and I, I got I got selfish. And I said, "Well, look what look what they done to me. Look what they done to me." And I and man, my first reaction is I want to go smack somebody on the side of the head. I, I want to say, "Don't you see?" And I, I stood over that. You can tell, ask my wife. I didn't say a word. I stood over this. Stood over this all Friday and Friday night and Sunday, Saturday morning. I got up to do my quiet time. And oh my goodness. The Lord just slapped me across the face. And then I started studying for this sermon again too. On top of my quiet time. And brought me right here. <laughs> he says, give thanks for everything, Terry. A grumbling spirit won't help you. And I was going to preach on worship today. This was yesterday. So it happens to us all. And I can tell you, if you're not entering into, not giving thanks, the enemy will have time to to try to push into your heart a grumbling kind of spirit. And folks, that's incompatible with the one who sold out to Jesus. He says that we are to praise him always. You know, wouldn't that be funny? You come to church and come to worship. All right, Lord, here's my grumbling. Take it. I hope you're happy now. My goodness. The Bible is clear. Our praise is the highest form of our communion with him. Our praise is everything. We are to lift him high. We're to adore him. We're to come into this place. And, and as a result of this, everything else you've ever been admonished to do from behind this sacred desk or in a Sunday school lesson or in your quiet time or, or, or the Lord has so, said something to you through someone else that's encouraged you to do something, all of that is possible only when we get this right and to worship him. Recently, I have discovered uh, a group of young people, uh, millennials, if you will, who've got this, who understand this, and who have written music to express worship. It gives me encouragement that the younger generation is getting this. Oh, my goodness. And so this morning, I I want to let them show you and me what it means to express an inexpressible joy and how we're to come to Him and worship Him and let this be our priority in life. 
there's a song on there by a young lady named Charity Gale and some others help her out there a little bit that I want you to see today. And I want you to experience this worship. And guys, I'm telling you today, when you watch this, and when you watch this video and you hear this music, it's a real simple song. Amen. Pretty simple. I want you to worship along with them. They will show us what I'm trying to express to you that maybe I've not got across to you yet. What it means to come corporately to worship Him and let that be our priority.
aren't you glad that there are some young folks in this world who understand what it means to worship Him. I believe that when we understand that Jesus is the source of our love and His love, we can love the unloving, our enemies, our, the faceless millions to who we hear the gospel is being presented through our missionaries and even our old cantankerous next-door neighbor. We can love them in the power of the Holy Spirit, the one who's called us to praise Him on a regular basis. And that's worth saying amen and amen. And amen. After we have offered our highest praise, then we can go into the world to both be and do what He has called us as the church of the living God. So come, let us worship the Lord together on a regular basis and watch what He'll do in your life and the life of this church. If you're here today and you don't know this Savior who can save you, This Savior that can give you inexpressible joy. Today, before you leave this place, you can. If you're here today and you've been walking through and doing some semblance of this. And you've just been doing it in a fleshly way. Repent of your sins. Come and restore your relationship. Recommit your life to Him. Maybe you need to come and kneel at this altar. Oh, the church of the living God needs His people at the altar nowadays to pray for power. To make a difference. I don't know what God's dealt with you about today. But I invite you to come. We're going to sing an invitation song here in just a moment. And as we do. I would challenge you to come. And to do business with him. Here today. Let us experience. This amen. Would you stand with me please. Every head bowed. Every eye closed. No one looking around please. Folks, this is the most important time of our day right here. This is the chance you have to respond to Him. Whether you do it right there where you're seated or whether you come and and trust in Him and make this decision public so we can celebrate and pray for you. I challenge you to step out from where you are and have courage. Father, I pray today that you would move among us right now Right here. Lead, Father, as you desire for us to respond to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We're going to sing what song, Pam? I live for him. Pam? 298. Be on the thing. Let's, as we sing that song this morning, would you step out and come as God leads you to come?